0: Hello and welcome to the Week in Review. We're a man down today. Luke Perry sadly cannot join us, but I'm sure he'll be back again next week. Uh, but we are, of course, joined by the trusty podcast fellow, SD Wicket. Sam, how are you? I'm good, Michael. The weather is absolutely
1: lovely today. I mean, it's cold, but the sun's out, which is nice, which is my favourite weather is cold but sunny.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's very foggy where I am, though. There isn't very much sun. Oh uh,
1: yeah, you're in, that, you're in that East Midlands smog
0: yeah roundabout that's uh there's there's pros and cons to this area yes. whereas I, whereas I,
1: i'm i'm in the the sunny southeast where uh the weather is picture perfect
0: well when later you go out for a pint you'll have to pay uh half of your income whereas i can pay a few pence and move on so that's uh, yeah that's, tr- that's true the prices <laughs> we
1: pay. that's true that's true we, we we have gone for drinks um in your neck of the woods and i was shocked at the price <laughs> so. hmm. Yeah.
0: And you preferred the beer. You, you really yeah, like no. the, the top dog stout there, I remember.
1: Stout, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a stout drinker. Yeah.
0: You are. There you are. Well, um, we were thinking before the, we started recording what to talk about today. And mm. it's, it's one of those weeks where there's there's one sort of overriding topic and then a load of other breadcrumbs around the edge. Um, we mm. might come to the breadcrumbs later, but of course the big topic is... Yes. Uh, uh, oh, let's go. Spe-
1: speaking of stout, uh, the Prime Minister. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Um, Although if you look at the pictures where he's tried to pour a pint, it's been very unimpressive, actually. Uh, The belly, however, is there. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, will Boris resign? Do we want him to resign? Are there... there positives of him resigning um these are all the questions i mean every time a minister is asked any of these questions the answer is uh, we'll we'll wait for uh, the the response to sugrave's report as if you know there's not already very obvious signs as to what's been going on it's they're they're delaying they're buying themselves time
1: yes because if you recall the last inquiry was written by somebody who allegedly attended the parties um (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, this is another case of, you know, the, the Mafia
0: investigates the Mafia and finds the Mafia not guilty. Yeah. Um, well, on, on this, just quickly, on Sue Gray, I, I'd not heard of her before, I admit. But from what I've read since, a lot of people have been suggesting um, Prime Minister might actually regret uh, Sue Gray being in charge of it. Because she is allegedly, within Parliamentary circles uh, renowned for being quite good at this kind of thing, actually, of being quite thorough um and leaving leaving no stone unturned let's say a uh, hideous political phrase so i don't know it that's of course what you'd expect but a lot, a lot of people of course are now saying it'd be much easier for him to, for her to investigate the days when there wasn't a party you neither know, there's so much stacking up that it seems even if it were a mafia insider the, they couldn't sort of ignore the obvious point that a lot of what happened shouldn't have been happening yeah it's
1: it's genuinely absurd because you know we, the, the last time we were going through this it was all about the christmas parties right as hmm. uh, you know during the the, the what would that have been that would that, that would have been during the tier system yeah. um so after the first two lockdowns you know when you know it was sort of at that point it become apparent to, to us at least that um you know such stringent measures weren't Justified, But it was still, you know, remarkably unfair that people were being forced to abide by certain rules that the parliamentarians weren't. But this latest party happened in May 2020, you know, not too long after the prime minister nearly died. Um, yeah. You know, like, um, yeah.
0: well, this was this is um, so. There's a few interesting points about the, the May uh, work event, as it's been called um, in Downing Street Gardens. The first of which is Ben Harris Quinney uh, of the Bow Group rightly points out over and over is that Carrie Simmons was at this so-called work event, and she is not a member of the government. Um, so you you have to start asking questions. <laughs> it's, it's one of two things. Either this wasn't a work event, or Carrie has uh, embedded herself into the government and and therefore is allowed in such uh, working scenarios. Um, <laughs> neither of which answer looks very good. for The Prime Minister, maybe both are true, who knows. Um, but you said the latest there, the latest uh, party. You're wrong. Last night, um, a new party was revealed, a two-party, sorry, um, the night before the funeral of Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. Um, the, the pictures are, are so famous now, it's barely worth mentioning them. But The Queen on her own. The, the Queen on her own, yeah, which, you know, it wasn't just terrible because it was the Queen on her own. I think it was a, an illustration shall we say, of what the country was going through, because thousands of people up and down the country had had similar situations. We, we even saw videos of families being physically pulled apart by security staff at, at, at um yeah. or funeral places because they weren't social distancing. So this was, you know, it's, it's not just terrible because it's the Queen, but I think it allowed us to reflect upon what we'd gone through. And the night before, according to the, the Telegraph, which has uh, had these leaks given to them, when we don't know why is it all breaking now? Uh, it is quite strange. It should have been revealed at the time, but that's that's a different question. Um, you know, we had we had people at a Downing Street party uh, going to a local co with a suitcase, like yeah. here.
1: Yeah, uh, it was, so they 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 broke uh, the prime minister's baby swing or something. Yeah.
0: Right? But it, a work event, I'm sure. Yeah, a work, uh, yeah, a, a work
1: event. Yeah, it's, just, it's normal to get twatted at a at a work event, right? Absolutely. No, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I think next we'll see images of you know some senior aide you know, photocopying his ass on the. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that might be what they think of the privacy. I mean, was... In fairness, we used to Bournebrook in the very early days had uh, meetings at the University of Birmingham Library, and we used to we used to smuggle in. Uh, flasks of whiskey, <laughs> which uh, we had to hide in case we got caught. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe we've been guilty of the same thing. But of course, we're not in government. Mm,
1: yes, um, yes, yes, yes. I mean, Bormann's early issues weren't uh, directing uh, draconian public policy. But no, I think what what this says is, is 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 two things. One, these people, you know, think themselves completely above the law, um, mm-hmm. and it's something, it's something that. Um, uh, our, our esteemed columnist uh, Mr Adams um, wrote about in uh, his series of essays on um, uh, mass psychosis, which, which are, uh, we, we're putting on the channel, um yep. says two things. One, these people don't hold themselves to the same moral standards that, that we have to abide by. I say we, lightly, because, you know, obviously you and I have sort of always kind of scuffed at the rules. But the other thing and the most in- important thing is is all we've heard from these people in the last two years is you need to follow these rules because they will save your life and the lives of everyone you love. You know, look him in the eyes, right? Yeah. This tells me not only do they think themselves to be above the law, but they don't see COVID as n- enough of a threat to yeah. curb their lifestyle around, right? Because if they if they genuinely believed what they were telling the public, there's no way they would they would be having these these parties. They would all be, you know, like Parliament would be empty and everyone be working from home you know Downing street would be empty
0: that for me is the big story in this actually because we you know we've got labor saying oh um you've been hypocritical and all this which i think is pretty uninteresting i mean everybody is hypocritical government or otherwise and fine this is pushing it quite a bit actually with the extent of it it is ridiculous i don't doubt that but surely the most important story is that none of these rules fine the government broke the rules but the rules shouldn't have been in place not just for the government but for anybody the rules shouldn't have been there they were ludicrous and the government figures we now know crystal as a fact they didn't believe they were justifiable they didn't believe that covid were enough of a threat to justify uh restricting people to their homes preventing them from socializing from enjoying their lives from living shall we say as normal because this isn't what these people did. If they genuinely believed all of this stuff, if they really believed COVID were enough of a threat to warrant all the measures they introduced, they wouldn't have been partying in Downing Street. Um, so I, I, that for me is the big story that shows that they, all of this yeah are really.
1: They wouldn't have been working in Downing Street if they believed this, no. this was, was yeah, exactly. If, yeah. if, if there was this deadly pathogen that will, you know, struck you down, like, you know, smite you down like God Almighty, they would be in their homes, like... Conf- like they would barricade themselves in the homes, you know. If, and th- th- this is again, you know, and we're going we're going back to old points made in old episodes here. But I mean, this is where ultimately, this is where people start to take a sort of conspiratorial view on it because there's so many gaps in logic that you know again and it isn't just the british government is it? it's it's everywhere you know it's it's um it was the governors of new york and california as nancy pelosi um all these people who you know preached that this was a deadly pathogen that was going to you know that was going to rip through your family and kill everyone you love if you don't wear a mask if you don't get jabbed if you don't isolate what do, do they have you know super antibodies no i mean <laughs> They, they don't believe it's enough of a threat to, to prevent, to, you know, cancel their Christmas party, to cancel no. their, you know, their, their after work drinks.
0: Yeah. Uh, just to- talking about conspiracies, it's, it's quite fitting as well that uh, Mr. Johnson has, has, uh, is, is, has been forced to isolate again because of, a, I think it a family member this time has caught COVID. I'm sure they might have been sent out to a bat market somewhere to munch on some on some COVID infested uh, food in order to get it. Because, you know, it's his uh, his desire to isolate at this time must be extraordinary. Um, This isn't this isn't the time for a prime minister to be out doing events or to be talking because people really, I think, are fed up. And it's got to the point where a new party is announced. And we're not even surprised to go, oh, right, um, it, um, it's that old video of the, the woman bemoaning a new general election. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just life now. Every day, um, just as uh, everybody listening can expect that we in the Week in Review will repeat what we've said for the past 52 episodes, it's just as likely that uh, every day a new a new party is going to be announced at Downing Street 2 last night, actually. So a, a double whammy. Um, but... We've talked about the parties and that the, the other big question then, which has risen from them after Boris admitted to being at the, uh, the, the work event, as he said, um, in, in May, 2020 is the calls for him to resign. Now, I think the biggest of these has come from uh, Scottish Tory leader, Douglas Ross, who said that uh, Boris's position now is untenable. Um, I think even some MPs have have called for him to go and, um, there's been comments that Rissi Sunak was um, very reluctant to back the Prime Minister on Wednesday. He was away, so couldn't be in uh, PM, uh, be at PMQs and didn't tweet until much later on. I mean, not that ministers should be putting out these messages on Twitter anyway, but that's given that's how things are done, people thought it was strange that it took him so long and that his message was so blunt. I think a lot of people are fed up with him and, and probably do want him gone. But you were saying before we started recording that backbenchers shouldn't be wanting him to resign and that it's beneficial for him in this terribly weak state to stay. So I wondered if you wanted to explain that a bit.
1: Yeah, no, not, not yet. I mean, obviously I, I want him to go as soon as, is uh, opportune, but not right now, because again, you have, you have two things at play here. One is you have him exactly where you want him. Yeah. Um. You know, and also the, to use an old, an, old, an old adage, you know, the, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know what happens if you know we force Johnson out of office and then get Javid or Zahawi in. You know these, you know, who are who are a lot seems to be a lot a lot more fanatical than the, than the prime minister. Um, yeah. You 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 have someone here who is essentially, if the manoeuvring is done right, who is at the mercy of the 1922 committee. Um, mm-hmm. who are, who have been, you know, at by and large, quite good on, on on COVID-19. They made up the bulk of the party rebellion on vaccine passports and yeah, mandates yeah. for the NHS. Um, it no, The next few days are very important, but if they play it right, they have the Prime Minister exactly where they want him and they can bully him into total reversal of the COVID regime, including and especially the repeal of the uh, COVID Act, which I believe is due to expire in March.
0: You know, probably get renewed again. I'm
1: sure. Sure, but but I mean, you know, yeah. Um, they they can have it taken off the table for renewal. Yeah. Um, if they again, if they maneuver correctly, if they you know, if they if they can find a sort of heroic will in order to do so, mm. um, and then you know, once there's that total reversal, then send him packing. You know,
0: no, you're right. They should be they should be using this as an opportunity to meet in the corners and say, look, we've got him by the goolies here. Yeah, it's the politics. Way. Yeah, as right. yeah. you know,
1: Like, play politics, you know. Yeah. Like you, you don't need to, you know, play public, suck up to the PM anymore. This guy is deeply unpopular. I mean, look at the polls. I mean, like, Labour are at, like, majority-level polling. I
0: think I saw them at, was it 38 they were at? yes. I saw them at, four,
1: I saw them at 42 in one poll.
0: 42. And it's right.
1: generally understood that 40% win during an election, right? Win during and election.
0: Yeah, and let's be honest. This is with... This is one of the cases of... Uh, Labour's uptick being completely due to the Tories' failure. It's nothing to do with the Labour actually gaining any support. Uh, it's, it's all um, a, a reaction to what the Tories have done because the Labour's response has been so woefully poor and boring and uninspiring. It could have been absolutely brilliant. It could have been thrashing. I think Keir Starmer's PMQ's, um was actually slightly better this time than the time before, which when he you know deployed silly jokes about Anton Deck and he just took it so unseriously, slightly better this week, but they could, they could really be capitalizing. They like the back benches could be sitting in the rooms and say, right, look at where we've got him. Look at what we can say. There's so much we've got at this point. Let's really go for it. And they're not, um, Perhaps you're right. Perhaps there's too many calls for a resignation, which is, I think, the sort of the knee-jerk reaction. Um, he's done it bad, let's get it out. Rather than, as you say, thinking, right, he's done bad. People hate him at the minute. We've got a good chance to push forward on ending this sort of COVID lockdown madness. Um, and then after that's done, getting somebody new in, perhaps someone from that circle as well, who knows, and 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 pushing forward with the agenda. Although I have to say, on the whole COVID um, Approach of backbenchers uh, thinking in that sense. It could be, could be that a lot of the papers would actually try and pin that as Boris doing even worse, saying you know not only uh, has he been a hypocrite and a liar and whatever, he's also now um, killing people and leading to raising cases. I can imagine it being spun in a really terrible way, but that's something that again is politics. That's something that's got to be overcome.
1: Mm. And, and speaking of. Um... Uh, Labour's response. I mean, Labour put out a. Uh, a, a I don't even know what they were thinking. They, they, so I'm going to read this out for you. So, so this is this is what Labour put out, right? It's a quote from a uh, from Jenny, who is a, a nurse in the uh, the National Health Service. No. Which is, um, I remember 20th of May 2020 vividly. I spent hours on the phone to a man who was in the car park, utterly desperate to see his wife. He begged, wept, and shouted to be let in, but we said no for the greater good of everyone. She died unexpectedly and alone as the government had a party,
0: right? You see, all of that... All of that was horrendous before the last sentence. None of that should have been allowed to happen, never mind the fact the government had a bloody party. The fact that people, and this is not an isolated case, the fact that this happened to so many people up and down the country is in and of itself without there being a party, even if every minister abide by every rule and sat at home with a face mask on and and put a a red cross on their front door. Even then, that would be horrendous without any of the actions. And it's also horrendous that the Labour Party supported all of this. That's got to be remembered. Fine, the Tories have pushed all of this through, um, but as as Labour constantly likes to remind us, they've done it with Labour support. In fact, at times it's only been because of Labour support, because so many Tory backbenchers have opposed it. Yeah, yeah. But Labour, Labour are just as tired by this. Vaccine
1: passports got across the line because
0: Labour voted with the government, as they were delighted to highlight. It amazes me. It's hilarious. Uh, it's it's you know they're they're really sort of handing us the lines at this point um from with which we can attack them but yeah it's it is so frustrating that they're they're literally putting out the point that we're making and using it to criticize somebody else it, it, this is just not as much on them as it is on anybody else you know the whole party thing is is anathema to the fact that it, it is is so minute compared to the general problem of the pain they've inflicted on the country mm. um, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 party is just
1: you know, kicking a man while he's down yeah yeah Right.
0: well that, uh, was, uh, that was joyous well, yeah. uh, other other points then as we said the other stories are pretty breadcrumb so we'll i imagine we'll get through some of these quite quickly but just on a quick uh We've been talking about the campaign against those who have chosen not to get vaccinated or who are critical, let's say, of of mandatory vaccination Uh, last week. We've seen that sort of ramp up since. Um, Majid Nawaz has been booted from talk radio. uh, Sorry, LBC. LBC, He might be at talk radio soon for all we know uh, from from the, the station which proclaims to lead Britain's conversation. Uh, of the non-areas where it disagrees. They decided to boot him before his contract ran out. Um, but he's not going silently. He's on Joe Rogan soon, uh, at, at which platform he'll gain probably millions more views than he ever did at LBC, quite ironically. Um, and, and I think the reason they got rid of him was because of some of his views on COVID, on lockdowns. Um didn't quite fit in with the narrative, so they didn't like him for it. And, and Djokovic as well, who we talked about last week, I think last week the courts had found out that he, he, he could be in the country. It's since been overturned by the immigration minister, is it? I don't know. It's, it's hard to follow this story now because every day there's a new announcement. But, you know, as we said, he's being pinned up as uh, a point prover. None of this is because of the actual rules or the laws, as some people are saying. It's, they're trying to prove a point. I think he, he may well have been allowed in the country rightfully and, and legally. But they've then tried to make a point of him and against people uh, opposed to vac- mandatory vaccination by kicking him out again. So uh, pretty big story there. But I think a lot of people are against Djokovic in this case, so probably doesn't actually help our cause in any way, which is quite quite depressing. You're muted.
1: Then again, it's it's another case of you know anger being completely misdirected. Um, yeah. Where the anger is at Djokovic for you know getting an exemption to the rules, but it's you know it's it's not it's not the rule it's not the exception to the rule that's the problem it's the rule itself you know
0: yeah um
1: yeah, yeah. you know uh, we you know, obviously we've gone to this numerous times Australia has gone completely off the off the bloody deep end um, yeah. to the point where now it's among the most callous regimes in the world um, <laughs> as far as what it subjects the people to um, yeah,
0: there's a lockdown certainly.
1: Yeah, no. In terms of lockdown, uh, vaccine mandates, uh, exclusion of the unvaccinated, um, yep. and again, it's it's. I think the, the one of the biggest problems of um, COVID era policy is that it's rooted in the wrong sort of um, uh, legal sourcing. You know, you can look at um, the like, you can look at right and wrong through a, a moralistic lens or a legalistic lens. This appears to be literally it's the law, therefore. You know, yeah. uh, rather than you know, this is the wrong thing to do. There's no actual conclusive proof that this this these measures will reduce transmission. They obviously won't. You know, we we know that the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. The only thing that matters is that you don't have the virus. Which, as far as I'm aware, Djokovic doesn't. Um, and, and again, you know, it's it's yeah. You know, pe- people will say, you know, oh, we should have he should, he should have obeyed the law. He should have just got vaccinated. But well, if he doesn't want to. You know, and, and you know, in terms of right and wrong, I, I am a moralist, not not a legalist. The man doesn't want to. Um, there's no proof that him doing so would make a lick of difference. Mm. So, what's happened to him is is wrong.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not sure if he did test positive or not at some point. This was another one of the confusing aspects where I think he was said to have done, but went to an event. I don't know. It's been there's been a lot of sort of smoke around this story. We could we could discuss it sort of nationally or internationally, I suppose, since it's Australia on a really level-headed front and say, well, hang on, where was the mistake made here? How did he get to Australia if this response was to come about? Was something not filled in properly? Was he unclear? Or was he told that he could come in by the proper authorities and that the government has then changed its mind? But instead, the sort of the media response to this, and even amongst the commentariat, has just been, he's not jabbed, therefore he's wrong. And it's it's made the whole discussion around it really quite difficult, um, to the point where we can't look at what's happened, what's not happened, it's all sort of smoke and mirrors, as most politics stuff, especially these days, is. So yeah, it's it's. I think it is actually quite a difficult subject now, just to, even just to weigh up what the basic facts of the story are. But, you know, that, that as often is where we stand. Um, it's, it's, oh, here's a nice little uh, freeway to the next one. It's, it's hard to distinguish what's true and fair in these stories. I think that's what it's called, is it? Gina Miller's New Party. Is it the true and fair part? I tried, but I True, tried true, true
1: and fair, yeah, something so, so along that. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, we, we,
1: could, we could spend like 30 seconds on this. It was just, it fell on its face. No one turned up to the launch. I think, <laughs> as, far as, as far as I'm aware, one
0: journalist turned up. Well, I think there was, I think they said there was four, maybe, I think there were 13 people there from what I read, including staffers of the party. <laughs> I, I, I read a, a tweet which made me laugh. How do you remember the name of the party, True and fair. No one cares. There's a handy <laughs> little little rhyme for you. you yeah, I you? mean, what do you expect? I mean, Gina Miller hasn't
1: been relevant since the fair. affair. Um... Mm-hmm.
0: Well, a lot of people have said it's unfair to to mock the launch that much because at the time they said instead of just ranting, why don't you start a party? And that's what she's done. Fair enough. I agree with that. She's got the initiative. She started a party. Hopefully now she sees that her sort of vision isn't actually that popular. It's not what people want. Um, That's the important point. This is not mockery for mockery's sake. someone wants to go and launch a party. You do that. All the best of luck. But as if we need another one of these social liberal uh, I imagine economically liberal parties. We've got plenty of them. We've got too many. We need fewer. Um, no it's, one cares. It's, it's,
1: the, it's the ruling party. Yes, it
0: is. Yeah, it's the ruling party. It's the
1: opposition. It's the third party. It's every devolved parliament and the media and, and the media. I mean, also, if you want to, if you want to see what will happen if you try and if you try and you know shake up politics like this, just look at the Ch- Change UK. You know.
0: Yes, that was good. Wasn't
1: it? Change UK proves that six months is a very long time in politics, <laughs> because yeah, you know, they, they they came, they burst onto the scene in January. There, Luciana Berger, Chucka uh Anna Soubry. I think Dominic Grieve was there. All of them lost. They're it. all
0: all of them do i mean these are big names in politics but actually if you go knocking on doors i'm sure no one will have heard of any of these people or certainly won't have cared about them which itself isn't a measure of whether a party's going to be good obviously a big well known figure isn't always going to be good boris johnson's proved that beyond doubt but the reason no one cared about these wasn't because they were you know had had good things to say but were were unheard it's because they have the same thing to say as everybody else they're uninteresting they just Sort of tout the same usual liberal line, uh, which we've heard over and over and over. Um, yeah, just you know, like a hot chip record.
1: Politics seems to be a game at the moment of just who can out liberal who can out liberal their enemy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does. Um, well, one of the one of the last breadcrumbs. This is very much how we've done this episode. We've we've started on a, a large pudding and we've had a few uh, a few bits of of crumb afterwards to fill up, but we've got the BBC statue story. So this is, what, a week after the ruling that uh, it was okay to shove Colston in a river. Um, we've we've now got another chap at the BBC. I think it took a couple of hours for the police to get there and arrest him, uh, Collingwood pointed out, which itself is a pretty damning indictment of, of crime in London that it took this long. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of the norm now, isn't it? The, the accepted view is that this can be done to... Uh, statues outside the BBC. I, you you may know a bit more about the figure. I, I heard something about him uh, having a. I bit actually, of a I actually
1: don't out. know much at all. I know there's. Um, uh, I I think it's again because I I don't want to sort of speak without actually knowing it. But I believe the person had some either allegations or it was generally known that he was a a paedophile.
0: Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, and uh, if okay. that, if, that, if that is true, then the statue is even more um, insidious because it is a it's a male mm-hmm. young boy um, on the statue. Um, again, I I I don't. It's not something I've really looked into that much. Um, obviously, it, it has brought some conflict in that. You know, I'm I'm I was I'm very opposed. To, I was very opposed to the. The, the Colston statue thing and the you know the vandalising of you know the cenotaph and and the Churchill monuments, but I think there is a a distinct difference between a historical figure whose you know whose achievements and endowments have genuinely benefited the country and a paedophile. Mm. I
0: suppose it's. Yeah, it's one of those, again, where a proper discussion could be had about what's the right thing and the wrong thing to put up. Obviously, it's it's difficult to know who decides these things. But instead, what we've got is people running up and choosing for themselves, like vigilantes, and then anybody who questions it uh called a hmm. racist. I don't know what they'll be called in this case. Uh, maybe, maybe there won't be as much criticism around it. A,
1: a paedophile, maybe? I don't know. But, um but yeah, no, because, I mean, you know, the 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 court in Bristol has set a precedent that um, vandalism is okay for certain political ends, right? It's un- it's undermined the rule of law, and, uh, you know, it was the matter of time before there was some, uh, I suppose, retaliatory um, statue attack. You know, I think there's a lot of people, you know, were saying, oh, why don't we go to the uh, the Karl Marx um, mausoleum and, and trash that because, you know these are the rules now, right?
0: Yeah, well, it's a difficult case because it, with the on one, it, 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 I think it was wrong, but then a lot of figures were saying, well, if you support trial by jury, then you've got to support the jury's verdict, which is a very, very fair point. It's, it's a difficult one again. Um, I think those calling for sort of attacks at uh, well, uh, defacing of the Marx monument uh, are, are themselves misguided on it. They, you know, if you want this to stop, you've got to just stop and, and try and Get other people from stopping it too. You can't just, you know, go and uh, in this case attack fire with fire. But there you are. It's it's one of those which uh, started by some sort of um, vigilante movement in the wake of BLM, um, and I think because of its origins, it's not going to end very nicely either. Uh, who knows when it'll end? But yes, there you are. Um, I'm I sure think, there's uh, more of that yet to come.
1: I think I think we have room for one one more quick little breadcrumb.
0: Oh, China!
1: Yes, that is the the presence of a uh, supposed Chinese spy in uh, in in British Parliament.
0: Exciting.
1: Mm. Well, this has been um, this is not a particularly new story. Um, the 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 Chinese uh, uh, sort of have made themselves known the last couple of years for um, rather aggressive uh, lobbying. Let's say in 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 Western uh, societies, there's. Um, there's been a lot of cases of uh, Chinese spies arrested in uh, American academies, for instance, um, American corporations. Um, but yes, this, this is the first I've heard of it actually reaching uh, British government. And it, it centers around the uh, Labour MP, uh, Barry Gardner, who, um, according to uh, latest reports, uh, has accepted uh, lots of money from a Chinese spy over several years. He gave a job to the uh, spy's son, who was actually in the job until yesterday, when he was uh, arrested by uh, MI five. Um, he used his platform as a member of parliament in various select committees to um, speak in favour of Chinese state interests, and he was supposedly up and in contact with the agent until it, beca- it it was revealed.
0: I think yeah, the last time we talked to him was this week, from
1: yeah, th- 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 this week.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's um what a story well maybe this is why uh maybe this problem's much bigger than we think and that might be part of the whole green agenda where we're destroying all of our bloody coal power and rejecting any idea of uh, of generating something ourselves and instead importing it all from russia and china and uh, uh eastern countries instead that <laughs> maybe that's this is to blame, mm-hmm. so blame yes It'll it'll become clear in five
1: years when the UK signs up to the Belt and Road Initiative.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, I mean, it's it's this Parliament on on all on all fronts really. It seems is so low grade. Um, it's it's you know linked to all these parties, which, as we say so often, are essentially the same. It has no characters who I think many people can actually trust, and this further proves that. It's got vested interests, um, which can be said of politics always. That's politics, as you said earlier, it's a game uh, and people play the game. But I think the, the current bunch are so particularly bad and are so open to this kind of um, of dodgy dealing that it's, I don't know, I think a lot of, you know, we're, we're talking about polls earlier and people voting for certain people, Tories or Labour, or whatever. I think the next election will see a really low turnout. Personally, I think mm-hmm. it's, I think the, the result isn't going to be that people turn to Labour or Tories, because I think it's becoming so clear that they're so similar. Oh, it, it's it, kind of it, see yeah, fewer it, people vote. And that's mm-hmm. what I want to see, by the way. I, I, I think, rather, you know, people say we should vote for Labour to kick the Tories out or something like that. I see the arguments in a, in a political sense sometimes, but I think we should keep on lowering the turnout. Um, until that you know try and get that to send a message that people just aren't listening because then if the the, the obvious thing then would be that if a party did come about that uh, people believe properly represented their views there's a good number of people who don't have to change allegiances they just have to create one which is easier hmm. um which will scare the parties it might make them act uh in a in a more decent way and try and get them to represent the people's views more or maybe it's a lost cause i don't know that's probably where I actually
1: yeah, i I think the horse may have bolted on um on uh <laughs> on the morality of
0: politicians oh yes. yeah I think you might be right there um so yes that's that's been joyous hasn't it it's been a uh, clearly it's not luke that makes us uh more miserable we've we've managed very well to do that all by ourselves um but he should be here next week in any case and uh we thank you all for sticking with us for this long and have a good week cheers